Hey guys, what's up? It's Nifty Q. Welcome back to another episode of the Wild Wild Web, where I look to explore the digital frontier through in-depth conversations with Web3 industry pioneers. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Baron Von Hussel, co-founder of Other Space FM, a media IP focused around education surrounding the Yuga Labs games, Legends of the Mara, and Other Side. Topics we touch on in this episode include his early days on Wax and Flow and why those blockchains ultimately struggled, deciphering the signal from the noise within the Other Side and Legends of the Mara, and what the f- is a coda. I hope you enjoy this conversation I had with Baron. Remember, nothing you hear on this interview should be construed as financial or legal advice. That's our vibe, our tribe. All right, we're live. Baron, nice to see you, man. Welcome to the uh, the network for the first time. I'm excited to touch on other spaces and uh, what you're doing in your car right now. So... What's going on, brother? <laughs> I'm I'm avoiding Coda Von Hustle right now because uh, she she's a, this is her play hour right now, so she's literally doing zoomies in the house. She she's a one year old puppy man, so it's just like a baby. She wakes up just fired up. So you named your dog after Coda? Yeah, this yeah. Is the I, man I need to talk to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought my dog on the day Coda's revealed with ApeCoin, and then named her Coda. Uh, and then the community added the Von Hustle part, which I thought was dope. Awesome, so, man. Well, dude, let's get into it because I want to I hear your background, uh, basically, because you're giving me all this context right up front. I want to hear, you know, kind of how you got to BAYC and like w- what you're up to these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been in the crypto space since 2016, making uh, crypto content on YouTube and, and Twitter. Um, really was all about educating people and kind of showing them different blockchains. Uh, early on, I, I was a big fan of the Wax blockchain, so I did a lot of collabs mm-hmm. with with people uh, that ended up being bored apes later on, coincidentally, which was kind of cool. Um, turn my my Wax token into Ethereum uh, and ended up minting four bored apes. And since then, just really been focused on building the IP of of my bored ape uh, 2339, the pink ape with the flip brim. And uh, that's that's been it, man. Just full full passion towards IP and, and really trying to do what I can to build out uh, the brand of Jason the Ape and put him on as many products in the world as I can. Jason the Ape is one of the board apes that you own. So I actually I actually minted four, but I gave one to my best friend uh, who hosts the other Space FM with me, and then I traded two others away just to homies uh, early on because. At the time, the whole point of a board ape membership was you only needed one to be in the club. So having more than one just didn't make sense to me. I, I wanted my friends to be in it with me, you know. So these guys are your best friends now. Of course, they're super appreciative of, of Well, the, the, the beauty of it really is they were literally my best friends from childhood. So my two best friends in the world are also board apes and have been since the very beginning with me. So it, it's been amazing. Dude, that story is super interesting because right now in the bear market, it feels like we're we're touching a lot on trading and we're touching a lot on kind of how people are getting kind of wrecked or or flipping and all these things. But really, the NFT space comes down to some of what you're just talking about, which is just the human interactions and the human stories behind these collections. Do you do you feel like that's kind of your story? It, absolutely, man. I'm I've always been, you know, I'm I'm very lucky. First of all, let's start with that. Like. I'm just the normal guy worked in a mall job forever. Uh, and then, you know, had a passion for, for tech found board apes, minted it for 0.08 was able to tell my best friend, Hey, mint some of these as well. He held on to this day. And 
gave one to my other best friend. So we've been able to explore this new reality together. And it's truly been a blessing, man. But the only thing I can think of now is like, why would I ever consider selling my board ape? Why wouldn't I continue to focus on building the lore and the IP and the story, right? Like if I paid $250 for this ape, there's no amount of money anyone could pay me that's going to take that away from me when I know that my creativity, uh, any licensing offers that I get will will actually be more valuable and fruitful than, than what I could do uh, in just selling it individually. Okay, I, I want to move back into the timeline real quick because you were talking about your experience on Wax. And a lot of us actually had our first NFT experience on Wax. I think the G, the, the Garbage Pail Kids first sure. series was was legit. There were a lot of drops in that time. Street Fighter, there, just a lot of random ass drops, some of which you know were extremely lucrative, uh, but also were like a cool collecting experience, which I think sometimes you, you miss out on, on on some of these collections that are just kind of dropping and trying to you know catch any type of hype. But why did Wax specifically fail? Because I, I was collecting with Ronan the Collector. I don't know if you know Ronan, but we were back in the day covering Wax, probably just like you, yeah. uh, and, and, and covering that that blockchain. And it, there was a lot of activity, a lot of NFT activity there, and it just simply never caught on. Why do you think that? It, it's rough, man. It, it was the place to be for a minute. Uh, it was like the discount mart of NFTs in a sense, right, compared to Ethereum. So that's kind of why it failed, right? It, it was people getting really creative with a lot of staking, um, kind of using, how can I say, using language to confuse people a little bit and what they were offering wasn't truly what they were offering. Um, you know, the problem with getting to be behind the scenes is you get to see how things are run. And I got to see a few NFT projects that were offering one reality but the truth was was completely different you know and i think that kind of messaging is ultimately why why many of those projects ended up failing and then but in the in the in the bright side it did teach us a lot collectively for a lot of people who are in the space like that was my first major introduction to a metaverse so mm -hmm. that's the first time i hired people uh the uplift world it was like a yeah. minecraft based world yeah, so Co like Corey in them, right? Exactly. I like Corey gave me uh, an influencer deed because I jumped into Clubhouse one day and just asked him for it, you know, and, and yep. it, it became the beginning of like learning a metaverse experience. And, you know, Kenton Bosak and I go way, way back. So if you're familiar with Wax, you're familiar with him most likely. And and we just used to ideate about what you could use NFTs for. Like we were thinking about selling shoes with NFTs like four years ago you know, and, and then all of a sudden trying to figure out how people were using it. So wax, it was a bummer to, to have failed, but it was a cool time once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to get my, my timelines correct. Right. Because you know, the, the DeFi summer happened, uh, you had like a meme project launch on Ethereum by Jordan Lyle, uh, and those guys with like the pineapple, uh, meme token that you could get to like stake. I also was involved in wax, but like, what was your timeline of adoption? So you got into wax and then where did you head? What project did you did you hear about next and kind of before you got into Board Ape? So I was a, a big fan of, of Top Shot as well as Wax. And so what I would do, I always loved the collaboration idea. I reached out to a bunch of influencers uh, throughout Twitter that were friends of mine. And I was like, let's let's do this 420 giveaway where we basically uh, mint giveaway tickets on Wax, but the prizes are Top Shot tokens. And so I got a lot of people to donate Top Shop moments. 
we we introduced people to wax and it was like a cross you know educational thing but for fun uh and then that's kind of where I, I started learning about Ethereum because I was teaching people about Wax and NBA Top Shot. And they were like, well, what about this one over here? You should come and mm -hmm. check this out. And uh, I, I had a thousand bucks in Wax token, transferred it to ETH, uh, minted my four board apes. And that was my first mint on ETH ever, actually. So it, it worked out pretty well. It felt like what you were saying with Wax, there was, there was some like empty promises or, you know, maybe maybe you had a situation that roadmaps weren't being completed and maybe the liquidity ran dry on that, that, that blockchain. It felt like flow had different problems, right? Like we all remember when flow was at the top of the charts, like flow was just kicking ass. They were on, you know, NBA players were wearing different, uh, uh, shoes and you, you had NBA players talking about the platform, like in post game and all that stuff. Why do you think the NBA top shot platform, didn't again like have any sustainability because it feels like that the only sustainability we see is is on eth but may maybe that's my bias as well no nah, man you're absolutely right because i have still i was just talking with my girlfriend we have tons of unopened packs still that i'm like what do i do with these things at one point i thought keeping the unopened packed like a, a rare unopened jordan pack would be worth something down the line because we were doing this association but um it just never ended up being what people wanted for as we were clamoring telling them what we wanted them to build they would just do something completely different so mm -hmm. they were never an active participant in the nft community like working with us right and that's where we see a lot of projects now who are finding success they they pivot with the, the needs of the times and the community i felt like nba top shot were like no we know better this is what we're going to give you guys you know and we're like, okay well we don't dig it anymore we're out as far as those two blockchains, right? You were on Wax and then you were on Flow. And again, I'm predominantly on Ethereum today, but I'm on Polygon and a couple others. What would push you to move into these other ecosystems? Or are you on Arbitrum or Solana? Or are you primarily on ETH right now? I'm only on ETH right now. Like, I don't have any desire to move in any direction anywhere. And I think okay. that's the hardest thing, man, is I've put myself in a position where I'm quite happy with exactly what I have. And now it's just a waiting game. Like, this that's the hardest thing in the world which is doing nothing so for me now it, it's just about learning more about other opportunities but i'm not moving anything off of eth right now what projects on eth are you uh, like participating in other than yuga nothing 100 percent yuga wow that's crazy i love the conviction yeah. dude <laughs> i mean i when i last time i i spoke with gordon in miami uh we had a little conversation at the gary v event and i i told him that I will ride with the board apes to the top or the bottom because it's already changed my life, you know? So I have no desire to, to play in any po other pools right now. That is such a, I, I, I'm trying to think of like another phenomenon where, cause I, again, I'm a ape myself and uh, have a bunch of different assets and I'm not selling, you know, like yeah. any ape that, that is staked I'm or, or earned I'm restaking. And it's like, this situation where normal people would be like, oh, no, this is what you're supposed to do. And this is how the economics work out. It's like, well, DGEN's completely changed the dynamic. And that's what it feels like Ford Apes have. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, the, the concept of what a DGEN is is absolutely insane. Like, when you tell people what you have uh, versus the, the life you live, most of the time they don't connect, you know, because we, we are it's too early in the game it's not even year two yet like the, the cake is still cooking man there's still better things to come yeah any any 
pieces of like insight you can give me from your conversation with Gordon? Cause that was a big moment for me of like, uh, like not a letdown per se, but like when he said that he had to take a step back and of course, like do that for your health. But I yeah. felt like listening to him and Garga on their podcast, I was really interested in their story and how they were leading the project. Do you think losing Gordon at least temporarily is like a, a, like a big step or do you think that they can handle it without him? They have to handle it without him, but of course it hurts, right? Like he was in, in many parts of it, like, at least from an outsider, and this is how I intensely feel, he was like that that heart part of the Board Ape Yacht Club, that that energy where everyone just felt better because his presence was something kind of mystical, something different, you know? Like, he's the kind of guy that you walk into a room and you just want to be his friend. That's That's the vibe. And you need that in this kind of experience when this is about culture, right? And this is about a feeling. So... Man, I, I was so, just like everyone else, so devastated to hear that he had to step away, but glad that he's doing it for his own health. Like, that's amazing. But man, I, I do miss him in the club. So we were having a conversation pre-pressing record uh, about your other space, which is primarily why I wanted to have you on today, right? You guys are covering the other side on a weekly basis. Hopefully, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the day y'all move to like two episodes a week. Like, I'm just like, I just love to consume content like that, but... Uh, we were talking about you not having maybe a a broad space. And what I mean by that is it's not a broad industry spaces where you're just covering everything from, you know, uh, everything on ETH or maybe even everything in crypto. Those Those can get really broad level, but they don't go very deep. Whereas other space feels like you're just go diving deep and you can get really in-depth and in detail. So can you speak to that? Because that's that's really something... Uh, one that you said you've evolved over time in that sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I've been doing spaces a long time. And like I told you previously, I've done a lot of these spaces where they were uh, topical. They wanted to touch everything in the Web3 space. But that's fluff at a lot of points. Uh, and it's hard to go super deep, right? It, it becomes like a fun thing. And for us, we became super, super dedicated to the concept because we could go so much deeper. And so what we ended up doing was doing a weekly show where we only cover the other side metaverse and we even decided recently like how hard are we going to lean into this are we going to touch other metaverses as well or are we just leaning all the way into other other side and we decided we are leaning all the way into other side where that is absolutely going to be something uh we hope to have is more content on a weekly basis you know per your request uh we're, we're gonna have absolutely you know uh we actually bought a deed even uh, for our other space community to build in the other side. So like, I don't know how many talk show hosts are out there that have that sort of commitment where they're like, hey, we're money, you know, we're jumping into this metaverse to continue to build because we love this metaverse passion so much. So we're so insanely committed, man. And, and we found a group of amazingly, insanely committed uh, people just just like us. So it's great. Yeah, I have a question on here that says, how do you spread your time across multiple projects, which I guess is just a flawed question at this point, because you're just all the way into the other side, which is a great, you know, th th one, a great resource for everybody that's kind of just in the NFT space and maybe spread across mul multiple different projects. But I feel like there's within that decision, there's also this this like broader situation that's happening with the Board Ape Yacht Club, which is that it is moving in a ton of different directions. Is that uh, is that a good thing? Do you think like it's it's good to see Yuga like say, hey, we're gonna be 
is super heavy in gaming, but also, you know, Board API Club is always going to be about culture and we're going to get into fashion and all these different things. Is that a good thing or do you think that, you know, maybe this move into gaming is what they should completely focus their time on or is that a good move? So they're, they're not a gaming company. They're not a clothing company. They're, they're a content-based company and a community-building company, right? And these, these are all just uh, mechanisms they use to, to achieve their, their ultimate goal, which is community, creating community and creating content. Uh, and what they've done is they've created an army of, you know, multiple thousands of people who are going to build on their behalf, like myself and my board eight partner who have created this whole show to just showcase their technology, right? Like the other space FM has been a show dedicated to the other side metaverse, and that doesn't even technically exist yet. Right. So imagine what we're going to be able to do when we have content to talk about, like we've been doing deep dives about insane things and that's part of the board apes genius right so they're not anything other than a content creating machine and what they've done is they've created all these little soldiers to to create on their behalf you know and there's going to be people who take this opportunity like yourself like myself to create value in our board ape asset and then when it goes into the metaverse that character will have a sense of fame notoriety and you'll be stoked that you created that opportunity is is the other side to you going to look like a like world of warcraft is that what is that the first thing that kind of hops into your mind with how this is visually going to look or how does this play out when they have the servers go live for the first time for the public like what what, I mean, what like, are we doing in it what, what is it Le like? legends of mara probably something like old school warcraft where it's like a 2d flat you know like everyone that's in the 30 year old range that played warcraft back in the day knows exactly what i'm talking about um, but when it becomes the, you know, open metaverse, I, I don't think it'll be like that. I think it'll be a mix of every game that you thought it was going to be. So like, I've been doing a lot of research for gaming and it's a little, it's going to be a little bit like Minecraft. It'll be a little bit like Fortnite. It'll be like a little bit like world of Warcraft. It seems as if they may be taking the best components of all these games and then putting it into, to one system, you know, with their story. I have a thousand different questions because we're, we're, we're now in the other side conversation and I, you guys are obviously covering this on a daily basis. I, again, could go any route with this, but let's just start with what the fuck is a coda? Like what, what is a coda? They're expensive and they're declining in value quickly. That's what I know. <laughs> Do you have you a know, floor price call on that? Do you think it'll well, stop anywhere? I had suggested, I, I thought six ETH would be the bottom that it would hit uh, right when they did the decoupling. And I feel like I've been pretty spot on, but I bought the very tippy top. I bought the day they revealed. Um, so I still have my codas, but I'm I'm very happy. I, I, I built them around a uh, visual core. So they all have the same body, you know, trying to create a little IP opportunity with it. I'm actually looking at them right now. Is they, Are they green? Is that is yeah. the, the mm. three green ones? Yeah, and then so I've named them the Hypno Trips, and I've created a story that they're three celestial brothers, that their whole point is to protect Jason the Ape as they go on different adventures. And then so I've assigned an acid land to each of the codas that I own. Um, that That's going to be like the premise of their home base and their story. So while Yuga is building their land in their game, I'm taking the assets I own and I'm building a story and I'm, I'm going to start to self-publish a book this summer about Jason the Ape and his origin stories. It, you have that built-in community that's going to be interested in that too. Do you feel like that's a, that's like an easy win on your front when you're creating content is to say, look, these, these apes that are already here, they're going to eat this up. 
not at all man honestly like it, it it's such a fear of like I, is anyone gonna like this you know it, it's like throwing a party and having that m moment before of like will anyone show up you know like you, you don't know it, it you always wonder like will anyone appreciate what i put out and all you can do is is keep blindly building and and kind of aim at like this is for myself you know and if mm -hmm. others like it that's going to be great but if I'm building for others all the time, I'm not going to find enjoyment and I'm not going to be able to continue. So myself and my co-founder gifted, uh, host an NFT live, uh, show every week basically or every day uh that is covering the nft space and obviously we're touching on the other side sometimes but within the nft space we we've come up with this term complexity chasm probably probably not founded the term but we're we're utilizing the term at least to where these projects get to a point where they almost become too hard to understand for a yeah. newcomer to get in and clearly you guys said fuck it we're going full complexity chasm and that's where my first question or second question goes to is what have been the most asked topics uh, that that you that people have come into your space, the other space at FM, and said, "Hey, this is what I need to know. This is what I would like to know." And could we lay them out here? Because I really, again, the other space, the other side is in that complexity chasm now, where I would like to know more about you know details and just in depth, uh, have an in depth conversation about it. But what are the most talked about topics in your other space fm what do people want to know about i mean the right now the the focus is legend of the mara so what we do collectively because you're absolutely right it is a lot of content to take on by yourself especially when it's a very expensive game to play right so entirely the reason why we created our show was so that we could help uh collectively cover these topics because maybe you know your peer may understand it a little bit better than yourself and when you share that information you kind of grasp it better so Legends of the Mara is, is the current focus and it becomes like, what are we going to do with our vessels? Trying to understand, can, can, how do we go about nesting them? Uh, what happens when they're shattered? You know, that, that's kind of the, the mindset of what we're trying to understand right now. So we spent a lot of time actually in our Discord uh, the day that post came out. I think we spent six hours in the Discord as a group dissecting every little part of it. So like, it was like three paragraphs and we spent six hours. You see how crazy that is? <laughs> do, you just, do you So does everybody like run off and like find their own like objective? Like, they, hey, I'll, I'll handle this sentence and I'll handle this and oh, I'll handle this picture. No, nah, we go sentence by sentence and, and just like whoever wants to jump in. And, and we're, we're almost at like 375 uh, members now of just insanely dedicated people who have spent countless hours just theorizing on this. So. That's half the fun as well, the speculation as a group. So where do you go to find this? Uh, is this in a Discord or is there is there a Telegram group or where are you guys at? We're on Twitter, Other Space FM at Twitter. And then uh, we don't have a public Discord. Uh, it's it's semi-private. So if you DM us asking us for a link, we'll, we'll give it Got to you. Got it. Okay, so you guys like are in the Twitter spaces just and doing this research at the same time, not like in a Discord and then talk about it on Twitter spaces afterwards. I mean, we... we do our spaces once a week and my partner and I probably spend three or four days a week building the show, the concept, the, the content, uh, and then doing a lot of that active building in the discord with our community. So it, it becomes like a building with our peers type of experience. Okay. So just get, if, if you can, like you you said, you're dissecting every little thing that comes out uh, about the other side. What did you kind of take from dissecting these, these uh, threads from Yuga? 
um, that you're going to want to stake your vessels on your bio deeds. Uh, I'm going to try to do as many on my bio deeds as possible. And if you can nest all of your, your vessels right when the game starts, it'll be in your interest to do that as well. Yeah. That, that actually happened with ape staking as well, right? Like when, when there's not a ton of people right, like right at the beginning, you're going to see the best AP wise, uh, if you're able to stake. So you, you mentioned your, your bio deeds. Are those, are those different than other deeds? Not, right. not pun, not a pun, but yeah, yeah. There, there's different, uh, five different sediment tiers. Okay. So, you know, there's the bio, the chemical goo, the infinite expanse, the rainbow atmos. Uh, and then there's one more, I don't remember off the top of my head right this second. And why specifically the, the, the bio deed? It, it's uh, essentially the swamp. So as they go out, they go further away from the swamp. So they have different sediments. Uh, the idea, and this has not been proven, right? This has been based on a lot of speculation uh, as a group that there will be perhaps either more valuable uh, opportunities for your Mara as you nest them in the bio deeds, or perhaps there will be a quicker nesting period because it's in the swamp versus the chemical goo, or as it goes out, perhaps there's a longer nesting period. So those are some of the thoughts behind it is perhaps speed and perhaps strength. I apologize to anybody that's falling through the complexity chasm right now as you, as we talk about this stuff, but uh, there's also the Maras themselves, right? There's the farmers, there's enchanters, there's, I believe, uh, fighters or warriors. I, I'm getting the term wrong, but uh, what what do you think is the best Mara to have? We don't know that yet, right? Like I have multiples of each because I don't know which one will be best. Right now, the enchanters are basically double the price of the hunters. Um, and, you know, it's TBD to really see what they do. But the enchanters are said to be like a, a bonus or a multiplier, perhaps, uh, for, for some of the hunter or farming actions. So not really sure. But if you can have one of each, have one of each. Yeah. Anything from, uh, I want to kind of stay in the legends of Mar here, any other information that you guys have parsed through? Like I'm, I'm fine to sit here for another five, 10 minutes, uh, just talking about legends of Mara, but do you have anything that that's off the top of your head? Um, say that one more time. You got a little, uh, broken up. Uh, I was, I was just saying, I want to stay in the legends of Mara here, uh, and like any other information that's like off the top of your head that you can, kind of dive into because like we're, we're, we're sitting here from the outside like basically like hey how does this all work right and i know you gave me some info there but i'd love to get more detail so i mean the most the most important part uh is that in order to play in the legends of mark game that will be coming out soon you have to own another side deed as well as a vessel so if you just buy a vessel that won't do you any good you have to have the deed as well to nest it on in order to play the game uh, that's something I think many people are going to forget and they'll buy a vessel and say, Hey, I got into the Yugo Ega system. Um, not necessarily because you have to nest it in order to, to play the game. So that's, that's a very important starting point for a lot of people to remember. I'm going to take a brief kind of, uh, like side, uh, road here to another conversation, which is you brought up Warcraft, big Warcraft two player, Warcraft three, frozen throne, all those, those awesome RTS games were, were legit. Were you, are you sound like a gamer? Were you, were you a gamer growing up? I played a lot of world of Warcraft, uh, Warcraft and, uh, Madden growing up, but Warcraft is what I was parked in front of when computers were just being like born. It felt like, yeah. and that was my babysitter after school. So I would just sit there and explore and play for hours upon hours. Do you think that that kind of led you to 
understanding NFTs more because to me, that understanding digital assets and maybe ownership within that, I learned that from gaming. You know, learned well, that from like you know trading gold and things like this. But go. The the funny thing is, you know, uh, Garga and Gordon played World of Warcraft together, right? Well, my best friend, who I told to mint uh, the Bored Apes, is also who I played World of Warcraft with uh, through college for many years together, and he uh taught me about crypto and i found out about nfts and taught him about nfts so i think having friends with like-minded passions really helped kind of uh get me get me here into this position okay so a little bit more on the other side here 10 ktf has obviously like been a part of yuga since they were acquired uh by that company what do you think the 10 ktf play uh is within the other side maybe at, at like a surface level and then if you have any other details uh or, or like want to dive in there you can man i wish i had more details um that's another one when you talk about a, a complex project 10ktf that's a very difficult project there's a lot of layers to it uh last week they posted something uh with a heavy metal board ape bot tucked away in a backpack and that was a little piece of alpha that i was very excited to see uh kind of understanding that the heavy metal and 10 KTF projects will, will coincide at some part, uh, hopefully soon. That's very exciting. I don't know in what capacity, but that, that was a, a fun little, um, crossover, let's say. What, what, since you're talking heavy metal, what was your experience with, with Dookie dash, the sewer passes? Did you think that was a good, uh, kind of activation? I know that a lot of people said that was a simple game, et cetera, et cetera. But what was your experience with sewer passes, heavy metals? Did you think it was a, uh, a good experience overall? Man, well, it was, it was tough. I, I struggled at the game. I definitely tried. I put hours in, uh, I ended up having to delegate at the end in order to try to get the companion trait that I was looking for. Uh, and ended up finding a friend who I was able to trust and, and pulled through. Uh, but it was hard. I, I personally didn't really find it super fun. So I'm hoping the Legends of Mara game is a little bit different. I, that's actually not the answer I expected to to get from you that you didn't think the the experience was fun. I mean, it was fun in the fact that like the game was fun, but the outcome was frustrating, right? Like mm. the fact that after playing for many days, I had to turn at the last second and look to pay someone in order to get the the actual companion. That part was frustrating, right? Because like it's all well and good when I'm actually playing against other people who are playing. But then knowing there's a lot of people out there with deep pockets like Dingaling who are just hiring out players, you know, and I'm like, shit, well, now that's who I'm actually competing with. So now I have to go delegate. So I'm hoping it's not a constant delegation type system going forward is what I'm hoping for. It's, it's actually a big fear of mine when it comes to Web3 gaming in general, not, not even just the other side, but like these other games that are attempting to do this is that when you add this financial aspect, you get people like you mentioned dingling like that are going to have this outsized impact do you do you have that for the other side in general not just dookie dash but how how do you like how do we balance this this feature of of having assets that are worth something and not having these high value individuals like control the other side essentially i i think it's impossible to not have them control the other side just the same way that uh, high-valued individuals in the reality can purchase as much stuff as they would like to, right? That's just how money works. Uh, that's just kind of how capitalism is. But in in the same sense, like that's also going to be a benefit uh, and and a pro for some of the gamification of the other side. Like 
I truthfully believe that there's going to be people who start delegating their deeds and, and start like renting out property through that, you know, renting out time and experiences by delegation, right? You know, that that's going to be a thing like, hey, you can delegate a pass to maybe Pepsi and they can go ahead and, you know, run some kind of event on your deed for a week and a half if they choose to. And because of maybe AI being incorporated in the other side creative process, maybe it goes up and down much quicker than we think it does for the event type of build. So. You know, there's a lot to unpack still there with with the unknown. Yeah, you were mentioning not having the best experience with with Dookie Dash, and I know we're we're obviously super big supporters. A lot of our net worth is wrapped up in this. Uh, but where has Yuga potentially gone wrong besides the 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 Dookie Dash situation? Like, I, I thought my experience was okay with it. I was no, able I... to play it, but I know we're getting some lag. Sorry, man. By no means, by no means did they. It's all good. I'm trying to speak into it slowly. Um, by no means do I think they did anything wrong. What I'm just understanding is like, you realize that where you are on the totem pole based yeah. on like how much money you have really, right? Cause you're, you're, you're competing with dingling and you're competing with whales like that when you're, when you're in the game with just one ticket, you know what I mean? So nothing, nothing bad Yuga did. It's just like a bummer for being a, you know, a one yeah. ape holder versus um, a whale. <laughs> the, so it's not really a bad problem. It's like it just could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the the I guess like more in detail question is you know throughout your entire experience with Yuga, is there a situation with one of the drops or collections where you were like maybe they could have done that differently and it would have been a better experience or been a uh, better for the community going forward? Is there anything or do you think like all of these drops and all of these derivatives and everything has been swimming i mean i would love to say yes that i loved it all and to be honest i have loved 99 percent of it there was only one bad experience i ever had and it was a merch drop and it was with coinbase commerce when apecoin came out and basically you ended up buying the merch and it didn't have any record of it and it kind of just went into the ether but your apecoin left and and you weren't really sure if you were going to get product uh, that was a frustrating and confusing experience. But besides that, I I don't have any negativity to speak on. Okay. Well, you brought up ApeCoin there. Let's talk ApeCoin a little bit. Your thoughts on kind of the, the future utility of that, how it works into the other side, uh, just in general, man. Because again, that's another one that's going to be, how do we mesh a a utility token with a game environment? Like we're still kind of at this forefront of Web3 Gaming no one's really figured it out and Yuga's like trying to attempt it. Yeah, dude. So, so for this, I think I'll say something that I don't know a lot of people may agree with or not, but I think they'll make another token for the other side. Um, maybe like a layer two token of some kind that can be pegged against ApeCoin so that that's what we spend in game. And then you cash out into ApeCoin. Uh, so ApeCoin becomes a little bit more stable. I'm hoping if you have to trade it on a daily basis, if you have to trade it on a daily basis by going up and down, it just doesn't seem like it would work well in the game. But if you created some kind of micro economy within it, where, you know, you have like the Jason, the ape token that if you come and buy that on my land, you know, you can now trade that for, maybe it's not like tokens or tickets. I just keep imagining they have to make something to pair it against. Yeah. Well, you, well again, like you, you also have a scenario where you mentioned being on a layer two or something, you can't have ape coin as it exists as an ERC 20 today on Ethereum 
as the primary usage in the other side. Like nobody's going to wait, you know, uh, again, it's, it's, it's funny because we got in, in 2016, 17, that crypto kitty situation, we're still kind of dealing with when we deal yeah. with these meme coin seasons and the gas is so high, like you're not gonna be able to, you're not going to want to do that on the other side. Yeah, absolutely, man. Crypto kitties was my first nightmare introduction to NFTs. So I understand <laughs> that frustration. Like I couldn't figure out how to mint it. And I just ended up, wasting a bunch of money on gas and you know that's not the kind of experience we can have in the other side it has to be seamless it has to be fast uh it has to be something that you kind of cash out after the fact because if it's a constant like i want to buy this and the game takes five minutes and it's not it's not going to work well Here, here's kind of a another kind of utility token question do you think the NFT space will move more towards having all projects have essentially like some type of token, like you see with ApeCoin, or do you think this is literally just going to be like the top 10 projects or the top five uh, that have utility tokens? Do you think NFT collections will get into following Yuga in this sense? I, I think a lot are going to try, but a lot are going to fail, right? There's going to be like, I mean, Yuga hasn't even succeeded technically yet. So like, everyone's still trying to figure it out. You guys doing well and they're ahead of the curve with it, but you know, I, I wouldn't say like it has been a smashing success in any means. Like it, it came out at $6, went up to 27. And it's now at like $3 something. So, you know, people are still trying to figure out what is the point of it? What's the value of it really? Do you like the activations they've done? Like the Gucci activation, the, you mentioned the merch, like the merch to me, looking back you're, you're spending a, a large amount of funds on on this at the end of the day like that that's how a lot of guys look it's like i have this like 800 sweatpants uh that, that i that i'm paying for but uh do you do you like the activations they've done up to this point like the the gucci ones particularly maybe i i have the dumbest answer um i bought the Gu the gucci chain uh for my dog coda because her name is Coda, and I thought it would be funny for her to have a Coda chain. Um, but besides that, I didn't really want it. And then I, I became like a, a FOMO buy at the very last second. So I, I wasn't a fan of it, to be honest. I'm curious what the what the uh, Coda Gucci pendant in-game activity might be. Like, that's really what I'm curious about more than the physical. So back into the other side, I, I'm interested in like the geography of the other side. Do you think that there will be major towns or major like locations where everybody's going to gather? Or do you think it's primarily going to be on that uh, that yacht club island, essentially, where when it first comes out, is there going to be different areas like spread across the other side world? I, I absolutely hope so, man. And I, I don't see why not. I mean, I plan on building on my deeds, you know, kind of spectacle type things. And basically it's going to be who can retain the most attention. So, you know, there's going to be certain people uh, that are, let's say, you know, you're, you're more influential people in the Web3 space that are just going to build in there and people are going to want to see it. So if Snoop Dogg builds something on one of his deeds, you better believe people are going to go just hang out and linger on Snoop's deed just to say like, yeah, they're there. You know, so I, I believe it's not just going to be hanging out the swamp. There's actually some really good alpha in there because you saw that in the sandbox. You saw that in uh, crypto voxels or Decentraland, like any of these metaverse plays where there was a lot of activity, obviously, just like in the real world. 
you see those housing prices increase, you know, or those land prices increase. Yeah, absolutely. There's a website out there where you can see who's your neighbor in the other side, you know, and you plug in the, your deed and you can see who's around you. So people were looking up Snoop's deeds and, and other celebrities that they know own deeds and saying like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, um, I actually thought it was funny, too. When I got my deed, my 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 buddy has a we're ape number one apart. So we thought we were going to be neighbors, you know, on the other side. But that's not actually how it worked at all. We're quite um, quite a distance apart. I was actually really upset uh, about like at Yuga for that. Like I essentially what they did was like take ape one through 500 or something and put them on the, the, the main Island. I'm like that you guys didn't say that was going to happen. Like <laughs> everything else has been randomized and this yeah. one. You're like, no, every one through 500 is on the Island. I know. I, I have some friends that are, that are privileged to be there and, and good for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So any last thoughts on the other side before I pop out and kind of get your, your last takes here on other space FM and the broader market? Um, my biggest takeaway is it's either going to be the best thing that ever happened to web three, or it's going to be a complete bust. <laughs> well, for our sake, hopefully it's the best thing that ever happened to web three. Uh, I, I agree. God, please. <laughs> What, what is it a coin flip is it just like a at this point do you think it's a coin flip it has to be at this point you know i the the whole web3 space is so sensitive but the people who are excited for other side have been holding their deeds and collecting very intensely um there's not really that many available per se by, based on the overall amount of deeds so i think the the overall holders are very excited and and committed to see what happens regardless I, I had so many more questions, but I think we're, we're going to move out of this. So other, other space FM, uh, let me know what you're doing there, man. What's the, what's the plan here in the future, uh, for other space FM and, and what you guys are doing. Yeah. Other space FM currently we're a weekly show every Thursday, 11 AM Pacific standard time. Uh, we have built a discord. We are going to start developing a guild, which is some alpha relatively soon, uh, which will be a really fun gaming component to our, our world. And uh, we're really just focused on, you know, uplifting artists, creators, builders in the other side space. So uh, our entire focus is helping other people use our platform to to find success, to to find other friends to build with and, and to find more like minded community members. So you're going to find us out here continually building and, and trying to build one of the biggest uh, groups of, of people addicted to the metaverse that that hang out. What are some collaborators that are jumping in your other space right now that, that you would like to shout out? I mean, one of my favorite artists, Sarah Stargirl, uh, she, she's out there always making amazing art. Um, Bad Teeth with 288, he's one of the privileged who, who's on the, the island. You know, he's using his island for good, uh, doing some cool things with getting codas uh, thematically aligned, which was partially my inspiration for getting three matching codas uh, to do the same thing. Off the top of my head, uh, those are the two people that I, I think are you know, uh, we're shouting out in this, in this off of the top of the head moment. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I've, I've been tuning in the last two weeks and I'm going to continue uh, to be there on the other space FM, uh, keeping me up to date on the other side. Let's talk broader markets here, man. Cause I know you said you're like primarily focused and almost hundred percent focused on the other side right now. What other projects in the NFT space do storytelling well? Like to you, like, like, and maybe you're, you're so heads down that, that, you know, you don't have an answer, but 
is there any other one that catches your eye and say, and you, you say like, hey, you know, Azuki's really doing that well, or Moonbirds really did that well, or yeah. Omniforce? Like, do you have any answer to that? So, yeah, absolutely. So, just because I'm only committed to Yuga doesn't mean I'm not paying attention and scanning constantly for opportunity and other things. Um, 10KTF was that project for me way before they ever aligned with Yuga. It's just coincidental and funny that they did end up getting purchased by them. But 10KTF was this fantastic story and this really fun experience that was like a, you know, they dropped some posts and, and people would speculate on where these story uh, visuals were taking us, you know, that was really fun. Uh, I've, I've whittled my, my mental bandwidth down to about two or three projects now because before that complexity problem you spoke of was, was what hindered a lot of my uh, appreciation for different projects, right? If they're too complicated and I'm in six different complicated projects, I don't, I'm going to miss something, right? So I'm looking forward to 10 KTF and finding out what a G tag is. Um, that that's the storyline that I'm really excited about. And it just happens to be a Yuga product now, but you verbalize really well a problem that I saw even with the other side initially is that if you're not, you know, maybe even if you dedicate 100% of your time to the other side, there's going to be some other smart person that is just 10 times more dedicated than even you are to trying to figure it out. And therefore, is the alpha ever going to be enough to, to dedicate that amount of time? Do you, do you think that's an issue at all? Do you think there's like these giga smart dudes that are just going to figure out the economics of the other side and, and get it get to it before you i mean that's why we're in here early so that we could find those people and work with them versus like you know being controlled or or, or work into them by accident that's okay. why we really have been finding builders and creative people so that we can work as a team to to be those people in a sense right like every metaverse has an early adopter reward so you have to be in that early group of people to really maximize that reward, whether it's, you know, success reselling, whether, whether it's finding, you know, gaming uh, aspects early or finding roots and, and things and then teaching people how to play the game. There's, there's a lot of ways to, to win in the early adopter phase. All right. So my last question is just broader market related. How long do you think we're still in this bear market, man? And, the, the, and how does this differ than that that 19 market that bear market that we kind of experienced i to me it, it feels a, a lot better because there's a lot more activity but i think to to those people out there that maybe are experiencing their first bear uh maybe get, give some uh soothing yeah. takes on how this is way better <laughs> so here here's the the soothing take is that everything is cyclical in this space and so this is my third crash now that i've experienced the first one was absolutely devastating so what I would say is don't overextend yourself, uh, make sure your bills are paid and make sure that whatever you invest in this space, you are absolutely willing to lose the second it's in the ecosystem, right? Like do not approach this space as this is the way to become rich and change your life. This is the way to have fun and engage and build community and value for yourself. And there may be opportunities that come across your plate that are fantastic financially, but if you're hunting for those directly, you're going to get burnt. So just slow down, tune into shows where people are group thinking and, and find something you're comfortable with and then approach it. I love that take. Baron, this has been a great conversation, man. Uh, last, uh, I guess, last answer. I don't want you to dodge this one. Uh, how long do we have uh, in this bear market still? 
Oh, right, right, right. I did dodge that one. Man, I'm hoping like when Legends of the Mara comes out, that'll kind of uh, create some action in, in the world. Because if it's a play to earn game and people see that they can make money by playing a video game uh, at a very high level, that might inspire some some action. All right. So you're in the Web3 gaming, bringing us back uh, to, to Valhalla here uh, narrative. I'm, I appreciate it. Man, let, let, it's like Axies 2.0. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's let's get that going and and bring out our other space sponsors. Uh, you know, what is it? Colleague projects or I don't even know, man. I never yeah. did Axies, so I got to learn. <laughs> oh, the the spot the sponsorship. Uh, I think I might even be having that wrong. I thought it was sponsorship, but it's scholarship. Sorry, scholarship, scholarships. There it is. Yeah. All right, Baron, this has been a great convo, man. Thank you for stopping by. I uh, appreciate you dropping some alpha on the other side. I'm excited to see what you're doing with the other space, man. And, and definitely let's stay connected. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much.